0: Snippets of timeless classics with ramblings on everything bookish. Ink and Quill connects you with literature, culture and writers in China and around the globe. Discovering literature and following the stories behind your favorite authors. This is Ink and Quill. I'm your host Yang Yong, right here in Beijing. From J.M. Coetzee's Disgrace to Nadine Gordimer's My Son's Story, South African literature has found a small foothold in China, as both countries had to endure a painstaking struggle to gain freedom and independence. Yet, few books from The Rainbow Nation lay out the conflict between the apartheid state and the armed wing of African National Congress, the driving force behind the liberation movement, Multi-award-winning writer Mantla Langa has decided to set this right. In his latest novel, The Texture of Shadows, the author unveils the thrilling journey back home of a group of expelled guerrilla soldiers. They are requested to escort two heavy trunks with highly classified information inside. When they set off on the road, threats linger and conflicts erupt. Upon the release of the Chinese edition of The Texture of Shadows, our reporter Shi Yu spoke to this highly acclaimed author in order to discover the story behind his book.
1: When I first got
0: my hand on this book,
1: I was really intrigued by its title. So I'm Mm. curious about what does it mean?
2: The title The Texture of Shadows means basically that the realities that we see on an everyday basis, are sometimes not what we think they are. We think that we've got a uh, handle on a particular piece of truth, mm-hmm. only to find that beneath that truth lies another reality. Mm-hmm. And so it means that there's a certain quicksilver aspect, there's a certain Changeability aspect to just about everything that happens, especially within a political situation, within a political struggle, Mm -hmm. or within even relationships between people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what looks patently as if this is what it is has got another deeper possibility behind it, hence the texture of shadows. Something because Shadows, you cannot touch them. You can only see them.
1: So it's very interesting because you mentioned about reality. You're talking about political struggle. I know the texture of shadows is set in 1989, Mm -hmm. which means it's right before Nelson Mandela was released. And it was set like just before the transition of the regime. Right. So I'm curious about what kind of experience, what kind of perception were you going after in this book? Mm-hmm.
2: 1989 was actually a very very important year in the sense that it was four years earlier in 1984-85 South Africa was in the grip of the most savage repression. and. Uh, a lot of things had happened uh, the african national congress the anc had been forced out of a number of countries including mozambique mm-hmm. after the signing in na- on the 16th of march 1984 mm-hmm. of what was known as the inkomati accord mm-hmm. the accord between uh, samora machel and pw Botha, mm-hmm. which forced the Liberation Movement, out of many of the front areas. So, but at the same time, within South Africa itself, there was a lot of ferment, there was a lot of agitation. There was, the people were fighting very, very hard mm-hmm. to dislodge the regime. Mm-hmm. And very many people died. Uh, for me, on a very personal basis, 1984 was also the year my mother passed away. It was also the year one of my brothers was shot dead. So that period made me think quite a lot. I think that's when I started to think of how to write this book. So, five years later, in 1989, it was the year in which uh, the regime was also being forced okay. to start thinking quite seriously about how to relate. To the pressure of the the struggle inside South Africa, mm-hmm. and the international struggle, yeah. there were a lot of a number of things happening. The Berlin Wall went down,
1: yeah.
2: and so everybody was under some pressure to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's when I, as you well know some of the eight of the first uh, Robben Island prisoners were released, people like Walter Sisulu, Andrew Mlangen, etc. So it is a very important year and it was quite clear at the time that there is no way but towards the, the resolution of the South African debacle. Hence, I picked on that period. But it was also a period when a lot of people died.
1: You're talking about 1984, 1985, like those two years change your life. And I know you have been deeply involved in the African liberation movement in the 70s and the 80s. So I'm curious about to which extent does this book reflect your personal experience?
2: I think that uh, I am one of the world's worst soldiers in the sense that <laughs> even in the depth, in the height of conflict, I'm observing. I'm looking. I'm trying to see what is happening in, beneath what could be happening, you know, in an outside kind of circumstance. I was part of the liberation struggle. Yeah. I was in Angola. I trained. I was in the front areas. Um, but the most important thing for me was that I was always observing my my colleagues. My, my friends, my compatriots, and my comrades. Mm-hmm. I was also observing me within that circumstance. Mm-hmm. And uh, because in the struggle during exile, you cannot always go with a notebook mm-hmm. and record things. Mm-hmm. I had to rely on memory. I had to remember mm-hmm. the texture of everything that mm-hmm. I had seen every conversation that I had had with people. Mm -hmm. And so a book, a story, is of course, uh, you steal everything from your reality Mm -hmm. and you steal and you take everything from the reality of others. Mm -hmm. And you try to use all that into a tapestry Mm -hmm. to weave something that can be believable, that can have a beginning a middle and a resolution Mm -hmm. and in in that case I listened a lot to the stories of the people around me. Mm -hmm. I was with people whom I really, really cherished, some who died when I was with them, especially in Angola because there were many, many, many things that happened. Mm -hmm. There was also the issue of disease, Mm -hmm. of malaria, people dying from cerebral malaria, and so I relied on on those stories, I relied on what I saw happening and of course much more importantly which is the objective of all I think creative writing I relied on my imagination
1: Yeah, you're talking about your experience and I know the texture of shadows actually kick off with a band of guerrilla soldiers mm-hmm. and the protagonist is actually their chaplain So what's the design of the character and why did you choose a woman as a hero of this book?
2: I chose a woman because uh, when I was in exile in a country, Lesotho, mm. I met a very, very remarkable woman. Her name was Phyllis Naidu. She was, well, what you call a South African Indian. Mm. And Phyllis was had just, uh, when I met her, she had just come from hospital because she had been blasted by a parcel bomb. A parcel bomb had exploded in their midst. She was with a number of other people and so she got wounded. I took that idea. I did not know that that idea was going to come in handy. I took it and much, much later when I had to think of a person who has moral superiority, mm-hmm. who has moral depth, mm-hmm. I could only think of a person like Phyllis Naidu, mm-hmm. and so I had Nerissa as the chaplain, mm-hmm. and I chose a chaplain because a chaplain is a person who, whilst you are part of fighting, whilst you are you are a soldier yeah. or you are a combatant, but you are also the ethical. spiritual, almost like a a psychiatrist of the group because it's you who ends up counseling people Mm. so you have to be a person that is quite strong morally and that is quite also has got a lot of knowledge and has got a lot of objectivity Mm
1: -hmm.
2: hence the chaplain, hence this woman. But I also felt that in South Africa we live in a very patriarchal society and I think that the role of women has not been recognized to the extent that it should be. And uh, I've seen very, very, very strong women. Mm -hmm. My mother was one of those women and I do not think that they've been celebrated Mm -hmm. or they've been written into literature as much as they should have. And I felt that this is something that I needed to do this novel, uh, The Texture of Shadows, is not the first one where I've used a woman as a hero mm-hmm. or heroine, as a main protagonist. There's another novel called A Rainbow on the Paper Sky, mm-hmm. where the woman is the one that leads guerrillas in in a, a secluded place in Northern Natal.
1: And I think in this book, she's very strong-willed, mm-hmm. and you can see like, despite those sacrifices, those struggles, like mm. she said to the last seconds. But when we think about the villain in this book, mm. they have a very strong world as well. You know, you designed another major character, mm. like standard, like he works for the South right. Africa police mm. s- security team. Mm. And mm. what kind of role does he play in, in mm. this story?
2: Uh, standard, Nerissa, Strela, yeah. people like that. I run away from writing one-dimensional characters. I like to go deep beneath the skin of the character Mm -hmm. to find out what makes him or her tick. The interiority of the character, the fact that all of us are incredibly complex. We might be thinking that this this is the journey that we are going to be taking in life only to find that something happens which takes us away from that journey or at least maybe puts us on a detour mm-hmm. before we reach our destination. Yeah. And so stander, Strela, Nerissa are people possibly who once upon a time thought that they wanted to become good people mm-hmm. and somewhere along the way something happened with stander because he's a white person yeah who grows up in a racist society Mm -hmm. and he becomes part of that racist society. Mm -hmm. He becomes part of that oppressive machinery. Strela, if you track his journey, he also wanted to become, he was fleeing, he was running away from oppression. But then he got to become this violent person he became. Mm -hmm. And then he became even more violent Mm -hmm. You know, Nerissa is the only one, perhaps, who came out wanting to become this steadfast, you know, very moral person and stayed that way. Mm-hmm. But if you also go beneath her skin, you will find that she also has got her own complexities, yeah. her own fears, her own prejudices. Mm-hmm.
0: That was Shi Yu speaking to Mantla Langa, author of the historical novel, The Texture of Shadows. An eyewitness to the liberation movement, the writer captures the contradictions that his country faced in its transition period and how exile can affect a person's psyche. After this short break, Shuri and Mr. Langa continue their conversation on his book and how we should reflect on South Africa's history in the post-apartheid era. Please stay tuned. Explore the life of great wordsmiths, share their stories beyond the pages. Ink and Quill brings you the voices of writers and book lovers
1: this book you design you wrote extensively about so many characters Mm. and some of them are fighters some of them are racist as you mentioned Mm. but as the story goes by, you can see like their judgement between good and evil mm. right around is not mm. that crystal clear it's Sometimes it's beyond like this Absolutely. racial and class mm. conflicts. Mm. So why did you write like that? And in the beginning, I thought it would be an adventure story It's okay. just a fight between good, good and, and evil, and evil.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, that's why the title is The Texture Out of Shadows because between black and white There is a whole lot of layers of meaning. There's a whole lot of layers of complexity. So, like I'm saying earlier, that people are never what they seem to be, what they think they they are at the end of the day. Circumstances, if they are not strong enough, Mm -hmm. can change them. They might think that they are going east and end up going, you know, doing a right about ten and going west. So what I do with characters, I present them with a set of challenges, with a set of conundrums, so that they have to overcome them or they succumb. So in a sense, all these characters are people who have stayed steadfast on their journeys or they've succumbed to what came. It is a sign, it is a, a, a reflection of their own internal universe, their own internal strengths or weaknesses.
1: So, do you precede your work as a scar literature?
2: You know, I look at South Africans and I see people that, all of us, <laughs> perhaps the whole of society needs some kind of therapy in the sense that uh, it's a country that underwent the worst kind of oppression Mm -hmm. for a very, very long time, for a sustained period. And I'm not even talking about the time of during apartheid. I'm talking even before that, because there was colonialism. Mm -hmm. So on the 11th of February, uh, 1990, Mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela gets to be released from prison. He walks out. Exiles return. Yeah. There has never been a ritual, there has never been a moment when South Africans have said, let us sit back and, and reflect on what has happened to us. Yeah. Those who are in exile, they were in exile yesterday mm-hmm. and today. They are in you know what they think is the promised land. Yeah. And as history has it, there is no Promised Land which is actually THE Promised Land. Yeah. you know, yeah. It's mythical, it's all chimerical, it's all very, very, very changeable. So, given that set of circumstances, I think that I write to try and give South Africans that moment when they can reflect mm-hmm. on that thing that happened to them and that thing that is probably happening to them at that particular moment yeah. and that what will inevitably happen to them in the future. But as I've said even during when I was speaking today, when you write, you're also writing for yourself. Yeah. I'm writing to try and make sense of what it is that has brought us to this moment. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, Wallace wrote, he writes poetry. He's got a poem which goes the long, long hours of a series of nightmares that brought us here. Mm -hmm. With dizzy laughter and the anger as empty as fire. Here we are now and still the news never came. In a sense, I'm writing to tell the story, especially for those people for whom the news never came. And the news is who are we, where are we, and what are we, what are we doing, where are we going? You know, it's a country that is right now the full impact of what happened to South Africa is probably not even going to be felt by this generation, it's going to be felt by the next generation because the seeds of it were too deeply embedded. So writing to my for me is some form of possibly self therapy. A relief. A relief yes, but also you write in a much happier situation to create a world that is much more optimistic yeah. than possibly the world in the texture of shadows even as it ends the texture of shadows it starts to prefigure a much Better reality. I don't know. That's what I think. <laughs>
1: but you know, it has been more than 20 years since the end of Appetite. Mm-hmm. But still, like, we have witnessed the ongoing debate on racial issues. Right. Actually, it happening worldwide. Mm. So, what should we do at this moment?
2: You know, I was uh, talking to, I was invited to a conference in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was mainly women, young women conference and they were dealing with this whole question of intersectionality and dealing with its issues of gender, issues of violence, issues of uh, especially the violence against women in South Africa and one of the points I was trying to make which I I still hold to be very very valid is that when the world turns out to be the way it is now when, for instance, in other jurisdictions, you are finding the rise of uh, extremism, mm-hmm. you are finding prejudice, you are finding the intolerance, you know, the Syrian refugees, the whatnot people who are migrants. Mm-hmm. You are finding all that. And then you, ha- you have in the United States a leader that's coming in like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. To my mind, it's a moment when people should start going back to their activism. In the 60s, in the 70s, there was a lot of activism. And people tried to change the way the world was set up. And I think we're getting back to that now. People need to put their hands across and start thinking seriously about solidarity. They should start to look at the fact, to understand that, that the world... No longer has any borders. You know the world has become this tennis ball, as James Baldwin would say. Solidarity, solidarity, solidarity. Activism, activism, activism. That's that's what I think, you know.
1: Actually you have already answered my last question. I was intended to ask you what kind of message you want to send to your readers who are not from South Africa, not mm. from African continent.
2: Yes. You know, I want to say I really applaud Mr. Dong, the one who translated my book. Because I'm not sure how many people are going to read it in Chinese, but he has given me an idea. I cannot say that that book is mine. It's Mandalangas, no. I think the book belongs to anyone and everyone who reads it. And anyone and everyone who reads it has got a right to make their own interpretation of this. But if we take this example and spread it across very many jurisdictions, including places like in Arabic countries, in places like uh, Sabia, whatever, then we start to create a possibility for people to have a deeper understanding of one another. If we take Chinese literature, and make sure that in South Africa, people start reading what's going on, what e- are the young people in China writing, mm-hmm. if all that is translated. We start to have a much more tolerant vision mm-hmm. of the world because we are eliminating the strangeness mm-hmm. that exists between us. Right now, you see me as this African, I see you as a Chinese person, there is a certain strangeness but if we start reading each other's stories then that starts to create that what I can call deeper human understanding, which I think is very important.
0: That's South African writer Matla Langa discussing his latest work of fiction, The Texture of Shadows. By giving voices to those who return from exile, he reminds us to have empathy for one another and to recognize the struggles in revolution and social reform. On that note, it's time to wrap up today's program. Don't forget that there are always more interesting things happening in the literary world that we will keep you posted. To know more about this, you can follow our Facebook account, China Plus. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Yang Yong. Until next time.